welcome to Checkout MPL. Um, today we're going to try to stay on topic with um, talk about team programming, but we're going to see what happens. It's Friday, and I'm still recovering from the Packers' loss last night. I know, so sad. And it's rainy. Oh, yeah, it's rainy. Yucky. I want to be at home with my cat, reading a book. Taking a nap. Yes. But we'll get started here with some teen programming stuff. You know, we talked about children's programming last time, last yeah. week. Last so now time. this is your your bag. Yes. So we're going to kind of talk about Jamie has a little bit of history, I'll do, maybe? Yeah. So mine is more um, YA literature. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much. Um, so what I found is that this was actually on a very reliable source, Wikipedia. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, they have some... It's a, uh, good, it's a place to start. Exactly. It's a good jump in all way. So, according to them, the modern classification of YA fiction originated during the 1950s and 60s. And I thought this was funny because it said, especially after the publication of The Outsiders. Yeah, I was going to say, do you know what book is considered the first young yeah, book? Is Outsiders. I didn't really read, wh- like, why. I think, do you know? I think because it was written by a teen. She oh. was 13 when she wrote it. Yes. I did not know yep, that. She was very, very young when she wrote it. And I think maybe that's why it's considered their first young adult book and obviously all the characters are teens and that is yeah. crazy you could have done that for fact or fiction i could have because i would not have imagined that <laughs> did you read that book in high school yeah i read um, it in high school we read it in middle high school. school okay but then i read it again i think for my um kitty lit class yes. when i was um studying to be a teacher yeah i i remember we watched the movie yep the movie and then too. how how the movie kind of goes word for word of the book. I just remember that. It was like almost word for word. Like they read the book as their script. Yeah. And I know I used it with seventh grade when I taught seventh grade. Yeah. That's when we did it. I wonder if they are still teaching in the schools. I don't know. I think they probably are. They are. It's a good book. I'm going to have to reread that one. I'm going to watch it. It's been a while. Stay gold. Stay gold, pony boy. Um, So this was an interesting fact too, but you probably know this, um, that, that, age group was 12 to 18 but over half of YA readers are actually adults oh yeah I totally believe that yeah I mean I do too the two of us here talking about I could talk about young adult books all day and what are my favorite ones and yeah and I always see adults wander oh, yeah. in there and sometimes I feel like people are like I'm not supposed they're, to be here I know. but I'm like you're fine I think they are ashamed that they're reading young adult books but don't I know because <laughs> be I mean ashamed. it's not like they're easier. No. Sometimes the topics are even more tough than... Yeah, Jamie and I just re- recommended a book the other day called Heroin, and that takes on a very heavy subject. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. And there, I've read a lot like that. Yes. And there is there is talk out there that maybe young adult books are now being written for adults. Um, and there's a lot of people upset about that because they should be for teens, but the subject matter is getting a little bit more mature. Right. I was going to say, if I think about reading some the YA books that there are now when I was like 13 right. I'm like no little innocent Jamie would not like <laughs> yes. could not read this well like when we were younger Judy Bloom, her books were very like controversial I know and, and then consider now what we're now what's in young adult books right yeah that's so crazy yeah so yeah and the themes were coming of age stories friendship first love relationships identity but it's really evolved oh, just yeah. based on our society, and I it, think. And it definitely goes in, um, like, spurts of genres, like when Twilight was huge or tons of vampire books that came out. Um, when Fall in Our Stars came out by John Green, a lot of those um, taking on mental illnesses, other diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of books that followed in that kind of 
set up with the Fault in Our Stars. Right, and there was a bunch that were bullying, both mm-hmm. in YA and kids' books. Yeah. It seemed like there was a time when it was just, like, all about bullying yep. and standing up to the bullies. Um, dystopians were huge for a while with Hunger Games. Um, I haven't really seen a book that has been, this is the young adult book that everyone needs to read. Not since. No, not really. Hunger Games and Divergent, really. John Green came out with one a couple years ago, but didn't really get the fanfare as The Vault in Our Stars did. Yeah, and there hasn't been, like, a fantasy one that I feel like everybody's like, you have to read this one. I think The Hate You Give by um, Angie Thomas was a big one, because it was very timely, and the subject matter was very timely. It's about an African-American boy who was shot by police. I didn't read that one. Yeah, so I know a lot of schools were... um, encouraging their students to read that book and it was definitely very timely what was going on in the news mm-hmm. um and of course the movie came out on that one too i feel like there's been a bunch too about um suic- like suicides yes. yeah and drugs like drug yep. use now i think there's a lot of books that tackle mental illness mental illness i think because it's um not so hidden anymore right people are more talking about it more freely um, and then there's a lot of LGBTQ books too, which is True. awesome. So everyone's kind of finding their voice in these books. Yeah, which is awesome. Yes. Um, before you talk about whatever you're going to talk about yeah. over there, <laughs> um, I thought this was from Voya, um, which is the Voices of Youth Advocates. It's a magazine and a website, and they put out like book lists and stuff yep. like that too. But this was a quote from this guy, um, Samuel S. Green, in 1879. I love this. He said, I would also have in every library a friend of the young whom they can consult freely when in want of assistance and who, in addition to the power of gaining their confidence, has knowledge intact enough to render them real aid in making selections. That's awesome. Go go Sam. I know. That (laughs) was like so long ago. Yeah. But they were already thinking about like serving young adults Mm -hmm. way back then. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, But... I think what I did a little research, it wasn't until around 2009 is when DPI, which is the Department of Public Instruction, they required libraries to um, calculate how many teen programs they do. That's so recent. Yeah, so that was 10 years ago, right? Yeah, (laughs) and actually now that you say that, um, when I was looking through this Voya article, they said that there's very poor documentation Mm -hmm. of like young adult like programming yep. and and they have people now that are trying to go back and figure out like when it when all started, started but it's like one of the very poor documented things yep. in libraries yeah so this is always like when we talked about last time children's programming was very important and children's story time and that came along very early um but teen stuff possibly is not really that old yeah and, because they just like lumped it with all juvenile yep it was stuff. always lumped up um i know Teen books were either shelved in with the adult books or sometimes the juvenile books. Um, there was never really, well, having a separate teen section of books is relatively new as well. Teen, so um, crazy. it is crazy. And then teen spaces, areas in the library are relatively new too. I came across an article from 2008 that stressed the importance that teens need their own space. And for when, if libraries are considering to expand or renovate, they need to consult teens to see what teens want. I remember we did that with my teen advisory board when we... That's so that's so neat. Um, that's a good plan. Yeah. Because they're the ones going to be using they're it. They're going to use it. We may think something is really cool, but 
teens have their own thoughts in there um, of what they want. So teen spaces are relatively new. Um, I know a lot of renovated libraries are attacking the teen area and making it amazing. Ours went from a table to a bookshelf to an actual space. Right, and I know when we visit libraries, we always like to look at the teen spaces. Oh, yeah, what and did see they do? What yeah. they did. Um, the Hedberg Public Library in Janesville, they've redone their teen space as well. I'm very curious to see what it looks like. Um, unfortunately, there are some libraries out there that really don't have a teen space or a teen librarian who's responsible for um, the, the programming, the teen collection, I think. It takes a special person to do that. It does take a special person, and um, working with teens... As I always say, it's very frustrating, but very rewarding as well. Um, I think any teen librarian will tell you that. It's it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know how you do it. It's tough, but um, you kind of have to work on it. It goes in stages. It goes in cycles of working with teens. Maybe that's why they're such an elusive age group. Maybe that's why teen programming is relatively new in libraries, because people didn't know what to do. Yeah, they're a hard bunch to figure out. They are a hard bunch. And it, it changes from year to year, it decade does. to decade, so what you did for a teen 10 years oh, ago gosh. is not even, even what, what they need now. did for them a month ago, their interests change so quickly, like, what do they like this week? Right. <laughs> we do our we do our planning, like, three to four months in advance, and when I do a program, it's probably something that they don't even like It's anymore. old news by it's now. It's old news. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very frustrating, but it's fun. When you really connect with the teens and have a program that they're excited about, or get them excited about reading a certain book, it's definitely well worth it. Do you have any more on history or anything like that? You should talk about, um, Not really. like, some of your favorite teen programs, or do you have, like, something that is funny that happened, or? Well, I did want to mention that teen programming here at Mountain Public Library, so when I first started here in 2009, teen programming was ages 11 to 18, and then... Jamie came in <laughs> and took my 11-year-olds. <laughs> so I had 12 to 18 for a while. And then we hired Cassie to specifically do the ages 9 through 12. So now I'm just targeting ages 13 to 18. Which are teens. Those are teens. So you're in your group that you're supposed to be I am, in. but a lot of my programs before I had those 11 and 12-year-olds. So right. it is kind of a challenge to reach those older teens because they have jobs. They're driving, they have after-school activities, sports, and everything, too. Yeah, they're... They're, um, they're young adults, and they're doing adult things sometimes, and... Yeah, want to it's hard to get them into the library. <laughs> Even if they want to, though, I think people are just so busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, Steph and I were just talking that maybe our next program period, we're going to kind of scale back on our programming to kind of concentrate on one or two bigger programs to see if, because we realize people are busy. We're competing with many, many different organizations, schools, jobs. Right. And maybe we have to scale Sometimes back our The less is more. Yes. Yeah. We do throw out a lot of programs and information out. And I think winter people. is maybe a good time yep. to explore that because everybody's hibernating yep. anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's dark, it's dark at five o'clock. And nobody really wants... I don't want to leave. <laughs> I want to go home. Stay snuggled. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's teen programming. What's your favorite know. program you did in the last year? Last year. Well, I've always loved the Little Owl Wise Owl reading program. I think I mentioned that. But I think my teen advisory board's Murder Mystery Night, that was so much fun because I had 20 teens, which is an amazing number for no a program. No kidding. That's awesome. Um, for a teen program. 
because usually it's five, ten if I'm lucky, but having twenty where they everyone was a character and solved a mystery. Do so. they dress up? Yeah, so it, I encourage, it was a homecoming theme. Right. So I had okay. some, some of the girls were in their dresses. That's what I thought. Um, and it was great, and I'm going to make that a yearly thing. So next summer we'll have another murder mystery night sponsored by the team. But it'll be board. a different theme. It'll be a different theme. Okay, what else do you have cooking up for the for next season of programs? Anything special you want to reveal? Well, I'm thinking about... So every year in January, um, YALSA, which is a young adult library services association, oh, good job. got it, <laughs> um, they do book awards. So they announced the Caldecott and the um, Prince Awards and the Dr. Seuss. I don't think it's called the Dr. Seuss Award anymore. It's like Theodore yeah. Geisel. Yeah. So they announced all those awards kind of around the same time the Oscars and the Grammys happen. So, and they always have these book committees that decide these award winners. So, it's a group of people that read these books and talk about them and everything. And I've always wanted to do something like that here at the library with teens. So, they would have a list of books that they would be responsible for reading and reviewing that would come together, discuss these books, and we would pick a winner for the Melton area or something. I like that. So, I want to do that. I don't know if I would start it in the winter and go through the summer or start it in the summer. Because you need to have some time to some time for read all the books. Read all the books and get together and discuss things. So that's something I want to try to do with teens. I like it. Yeah. And what else do I have? I have other things in mind, of course. Well, I have my one-minute film festival that I'm hoping to get submissions for. So that's going through December. So teens can create a one-minute film um, and submit it for a cash prize because it's sponsored by the Teen Advisory Board. Nice. Yes. That's a good incentive. Yes, right? Money or food. So, yes, food always brings teens to the programs, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, would you ever, like, you don't like working with teens. Oh, gosh. People I think teens not, are scary. They are so scary. <laughs> babies, like, little tiny babies that yeah. have, like, wiggly necks. And teens. They're about the same level of scariness, scariness. to me. Yeah, it's always, um, I was terrified of teens, too, when I first started working here. But then I was afraid you just have to talk to them you're the adult in the room <laughs> um, don't be scared I always like to try to learn their names and when I talk to them like I always have my superhero pose when I talk to them if I'm yelling at them <laughs> um but yeah I don't think those are good tips scared. okay yes. thanks I, <laughs> I gotta try the hands on the hips and yes. maybe that'll work and you just me. gotta greet them you always have to acknowledge their presence because they think they're sneaky and can hide from yeah them. I guess I think sometimes people tend to look at them right when they come in like they're going to cause oh, trouble. yes. Because I remember when I was a teen and we would go into the mall and people would look at us Ooh, like yes. that. Like, <laughs> you're going to make trouble. Here. Yeah. So, yeah, that's sometimes hard to hard have it to break yes. because you're just like, what are you guys going to be doing <laughs> right. here? What are you doing here? I mean, sometimes, yes, we have some teens that cause trouble. <laughs> Say, they're teens. <laughs> right. But we do have some great teens that come into the library, and I really appreciate that they want to come to the library to study or hang out or play video games. Yes, keep... Keep coming, teens. Yes, please do. And come to my programs. <laughs> Read some books. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you have anything else? I don't think so. All we right. have, well, you won't be, you probably hear this on Monday. So hopefully people came to our author visit, which is tomorrow. Um, if you came to it, hope you enjoyed it. We have another author visit coming in October. Yes. Correct? A children's author it's in the 20s. Okay. I want to say like the 20th or the 22nd. Or it's a Sunday. See, we do too many programs that we can't remember when 
each one is happening. So maybe that's a problem that <laughs> Thank we goodness need to... <laughs> for calendars. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, so we, and we have on October 24th, Angie has her adult story time. That's yep, going to be a spooky one. Spooky one. We are looking for people to read stories for that. So if you want to read a short story and drink some wine for adults 21 and older, of course. Yeah, I think this would be a good one for somebody um, wanting to try reading mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. Because you can do like, like scary Spookiness. stuff is is probably the most fun of any of the themes we've done so far. Yes, and I know we have um, Jim Like already books to read a story, so come listen to him. He's going to do a great job, as yeah. always. Even if he's the only one to read, it would yeah. be worth it. We'll just give him a whole bunch of books. <laughs> read the whole time. Yeah, so that's what we have. Um, we'll be back when we're back, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we we've have been pretty schedule. solid yeah. weekly, so yeah. we'll see what we can come up with. But um, we'd love to hear your ideas, too, for podcasts that we could do in the future. Yep. So um, email us at Milton Public Library Podcast at gmail.com. Leave a message on Facebook um, or come talk to us at the library. Yeah. Next time we see you, it'll be October. Yes, and maybe staff will be slimed by then. True. With our, we have eight new library cards that have to be made for us staff to get slimed. So, so you have a few days left in September to yeah, help us make our goal. Yes. So I'm going to read Jamie a paragraph, and she has to determine whether it's fact or fiction. Okay, I'm ready. So, according to a very recent Pew Research Center survey, roughly 7 in 10 U.S. adults say they have read a book in the past 12 months in some kind of format. Print books remain popular, and the use of e-books remains steady, but the use of audiobooks have declined by 6% from 2016. Is any all or of that fact or fiction? Is it all fact? Is it all fiction? I don't think audiobooks have declined. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think if anything, they've gone up. You are correct. Yes. So that's same that what I said that audiobooks have actually um, increased by six percent. Okay. Um, there are several reasons why um, people have an easier access to a mobile device now. Almost everyone probably has a phone. Um, or Alexa, or those home devices right. that you can um, prompt to do something. People are always on the go, so they're either driving in their car. Because um, you can't always audio or um, ebooks are popular, like with the Kindle and stuff. But mm-hmm. you can't obviously do that while you're driving. You shouldn't be doing that, right? <laughs> yes, um, but people are so busy that anytime they can take a few minutes to listen to something while they're exercising, while they're cleaning, while they're grocery shopping. I listen to audiobooks when I grocery shop because Woodman's annoys me. So oh, I have that's to... <laughs> a good idea. Um, so yeah, people listen to audiobooks and people want to give their eyes a rest because we are always looking at a screen of some sort. I know I look at my phone too much and I can feel my eyes just like begging for I do too. some relief. So Even sometimes when I look at my phone in bed and I hold my arm up, I feel like I'm getting like tennis elbow. Yes. <laughs> and I hate it. Yeah, I feel I wish I could step away from my phone. But even if I'm reading a book too late at night, my eyes are just so, they hurt. And I, that's when I pop in a podcast. Yeah. Like I need. We to should do. Maybe we could do a podcast about the like screens. Oh, maybe we yeah. could do a screen challenge. Yes, less screens. Yes, or ways to get away from the screen and hmm. stuff like that. Write that down. Yes, write that on the list of ones to do. Okay, thank you for this extra little bonus content. We're, we are leaving for sure now. Have a good weekend. <laughs>